Now, when you read, pay attention. Try and figure things out because today there are many puzzles to solve. And then at the end of the puzzle, we learn the lesson, alright? This is not a very straightforward chapter. So let's read. Verse 1 to 21. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would not have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And where, where I am, there ye also. And whither I go, ye know. And where ye know. Alright, so now, just a quick interruption. Three persons are going to ask the Lord Jesus questions. The first person is Thomas in verse 5. The second person is Philip in verse 8. Um, and then the third person is Judas, uh, not Iscariot, in verse 22. But we'll just focus on Thomas and Philip, right? They're going to ask the Lord Jesus question. Then you listen to what the Lord Jesus answers. And then we figure out what the Lord is trying to teach us. Alright, so verse 5 onwards, continue. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, you should have known my Father also. And have henceforth ye know him, and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and he sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me, and he doeth the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very works' sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. The greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I pray the Father, and he shall give you the, another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of the truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments, and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. May God bless the reading of his word. Let us turn to God in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for seeing us through yet another week, for keeping us safe, for providing for all our needs, for helping us in school, for protecting us as we travel around. Thank you for the testimony shared of how thy goodness has been upon thy children's life. And Lord, we come once again asking that you search our hearts to cleanse us and wash us of all our sins. We know we have sinned against you in many ways. Lord, we pray that you show us that we may confess and repent. Father, we pray that you cleanse us afresh in the blood of Christ. We do desire so much that this night of gathering in your name, in this place, before your holy word, will be richly blessed by you, that none of our sin will hinder your working of the Spirit. So Lord, we pray that you send thy Spirit to work mightily, Help us to understand your word, not just understand it, Lord, to apply it to our lives. Lord, wherein we have backslided, show to us. Wherein we, our love has grown cold, convict us. Wherein, Lord, we have not served you, we pray that you stir up our hearts in gratitude to serve our Saviour. Help us to know him better as we study John. Lord, as we contemplate this, mess, this passage, be our teacher, be in our midst, we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alright, so now, 
Who remembers what was the context of all this? Now, just before this, in chapter 13, what was it about? Chapter 13 was Christ's last moments with his disciples, right? He told his disciples, I'm going to go away. Go where? Basically, to go to the cross, to die for their sins, to die for our sins, right? Now, at this point, um, maybe we could grab a Bible for, for Melissa. Do we have a Bible? Uh, no, sorry, we should have a copy. Yep. All right, so it's useful to have uh, uh, the Bible open so that you can try and uh, um, follow the lesson. So now, remember that the Lord told the disciples that He was going to be glorified means He was going to die. Now, if you have someone that you love very much, you spend much time with the person for many years, going through um, daily life, um, and then at the end of the, at, at some point, it's alright, we've got plenty of Bibles. It's coming. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> okay. Oh. <laughs> alright. Alright, so now if someone who you spend a lot of time with tells you, I am going to die, I'm going away, how would you feel? You know when I was a young person, about your age, I have a recurring dream that my mom tells me I am going to die. I, it's always, it's a dream, right? It always troubles me so much and I have nightmares about that and I always wish um, that she would not die, right? So it's always that dream that troubles me and I always feel very, very sad throughout the night and I'll be very worried and then in the morning when I wake up, oh, it's just a dream, I'm so happy to see my mom. Now, this is reality. The Lord is very close to them. They spend day and night together serving suffering together, and then the Lord says, I am going away, going to die. How do you think they feel? They felt very sad. They felt very, very troubled in their heart. Right? So don't, don't look at this as just a small thing. This is their last night together. It's very precious. Some of you students, you leave home. You think of the last day you're leaving home. You already feel so sad. <laughs> no one's going to die. You're just leaving home. But here they're going to be, the disciples' mind, they think that it's, it's a permanent separation. So they're very sad. That is why in, verse 14, in chapter 14, verse 1, the Lord begins by saying, Let not your heart be troubled. Right? Now this, this um, construction of the language here is, the Lord knows that they are troubled. They have been troubled. This let not your heart be troubled is to tell them, you have been worrying, you have been very troubled, I know, and I want you to not be troubled, to stop being troubled, alright? So they are feeling very deeply um, um, concerned. So the Lord said, let not your heart be troubled. Now, I want to ask you your first question. How does Christ comfort our troubled and frightened hearts? So their hearts were very frightened. So we want to learn from here. Now, why? Because not just um, Christians, uh, not just unbelievers, Christians also can get very troubled. Is any one of you feeling very troubled about something? I don't know whether you've been, at your age, you read the newspapers about this great problem in Australia, which is called depression. There are many people suffering so-called depression. And then, um, so much so that it drives them like crazy, and um, they can't eat, they can't sleep, and they do um, crazy things they want to. And um, it, the families don't know what to do, and the, there are many people are complaining that the government is not building enough hospitals to take care of these people. So teenagers like you all, so troubled that, that what? They contemplate what? Suicide. Think of dying. They want to commit suicide. Have you read articles like that, Emily? Yeah, and is it a big thing in school? You have friends who are deep in depression? Not really, right? Maybe they are, they don't tell you. But it's a big problem in society, not just here. Um, everywhere around the world, depression seems to be a very, very major, um, um, so-called, they call it sickness in the world. Now, but here, for the believer, the Lord says, let not your heart be troubled. Whatever it is, how not to be troubled? So the first thing, what do you think is the answer? Verse 1, ye believe in God, believe also in me. So the, how to get rid of 
depression, sadness, troubled hearts. Are you troubled by something? Then the first thing is, you believe in God, believe also in me. In other words, the Lord says, think about Him. Believe in Him. Focus on Christ. That is what He's saying. Now, believe in Christ. Believe who He is. That's why I say believe, you believe in God. You see, the disciples, they still very often forget that Jesus and the Father is one and Jesus is God. They know that Jesus is God, but very often, just like us, right? we know Jesus is God. Who don't know Jesus is God? We all know Jesus is God. That's why we are here. But at the same time, when troubles hit us, we forget very quickly, right? Now, the Lord says, you believe in God, believe also in me. So first of all, the person of Christ. That's why we study about um, the person of Christ. The more we study about the person of Christ, the less you will be hit by depression. Do you believe that? You have to, because that is the Lord's answer. How many of you are taking theism? Theism? One, two, three, four. Alright, theism. Theism five. Theism is the study of God. Theism is the study of God. Why do we study about God? Now, people always say, I'm depressed. Can you tell me what to do? Can you tell me what to do? And they're always looking for answers. Please tell me what to do. Do you have any books to tell me what to do? Now, it's the first thing that the Lord tells His disciples, Christians. Are you troubled? You're deeply troubled? It's the first thing He said, let me tell you, do this, do this, do this. No. First thing He say, first thing, know me. You believe in God, believe in me also. You don't know me enough. You know the solution to, to a lot of life's problem? The solution to troubles is not to find answers of what to do first. Do you realize that the more you study and know God, actually, you will find a lot of answers. You'll be a lot less troubled. In fact, a lot of things in the world look very small to you. That is why you must know your Savior. You must study about God. Okay, so, you know God. Let us try. At least we must know the definition. <laughs> right? That's why I always ask you for definition. Because when you're troubled, then you, you just recite the definition and you think about God. And all the Bible verses that describe this definition. Because Christ said, you believe in God, believe also me. You must know me. Believe me. Believe about what? So God is a spirit. Alright, we go slowly so that those who want to write down. God is a spirit. Alright. Infinite. Eternal. And unchangeable. In His being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Right? Right, so if you miss anything, right? You can, so God is a spirit. He is infinite. Infinite. Can you think of infinite? means all-powerful. Infinite. Eternal. Unchangeable. God does not change. Your friends change. The world change. Right? In His being. Wisdom. God is so wise. God knows everything. See, when you study about God, God knows everything. Then you think, if God knows everything, then I should not need to worry. If God knows everything and I pray, then whatever God answers is the best answer, right? Because God knows everything, right? Being, wisdom, right? Holiness. Being, wisdom, power. God is all-powerful. Do you have troubles that you think that God cannot solve? No, God is all-powerful. He knows. He's wise. He knows when to solve it or when not to solve it. Holiness, justice. God is just. Are you, are you bullied by people? God is just. He will take care of things. And so on and so on. See, when you know God, when you study about God, when you hit problems, these things will come to your mind. Right? So Christ said, believe in me. Believe also in me. Now, believe in the person of Christ. Think about the person of Christ when you're troubled. Go and study about him. The more you know Christ, the more you're prepared for the world. The more you're prepared for life ahead. Don't go and look for those self-help books, what to do, what to do. Just study about God. Just study about God. You must believe Christ's word. This is not my word. Christ said, don't be troubled. Believe in me. Right? 
Now, a lot of people write a lot of self-help books, lots and lots of lots of psychology books, you know, psychology books. Don't do this. Well, a lot of psychology, human wisdom. Just study about God. Just come to Bible studies. Just study. Take FEBC courses. Study yourself. The more you know Him, the better. Now, then he says, what's the second thing to believe? Now, he says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would, I would have, I would, uh, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place. Now, what, and then he said, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Now, so what's the second thing to believe? The first one is his person. What's the second one? What do you think it is, Li Mei? If it were not so, I would, not have, I would have told you. I'm going to do this and do that. It starts with P also. Sorry? He has a purpose. That will be later. But now, he said, Alright, Li Mei, don't worry. Li Mei, I'm going to go and do all these things for you. And, I, and what I tell you I'm going to do, I will do it. What is that about? Very good. Christ promises. Right? His person. His promises. So he's saying, now, remember my promises. Think about my promises. Whatever I promise you, I will do. God is truth, right? We studied that. So God will definitely do it. So when you are troubled, think about Christ, who He is. Think about His promises. Go and search out the Psalms. Go and search out um, the promises of God in the Bible. That is what comforts you. Right? That draws you um, into God's comfort. And then the other thing is this. Now, so basically what Christ is saying, when you worry, look where? Look inside. <laughs> no, look to God. Understand that? Look to God. The problem with a lot of us when we go into um, um, deep trouble, deep concern, deep worrying, is because we keep looking inwards. We keep looking at ourselves. We, look in, we keep looking at the trouble itself. When you are troubled, look to God. Don't look, at, don't look inward. Don't look at the situation. Learn that. Maybe, I don't know, maybe for young people, you all don't feel that. But as you grow, maybe you have problems. As you grow, you have problems. So learn that. Maybe you have family problems. Maybe you worry about something. Look to God. Don't look at the situation. So Christ said, don't look at the situation. Look to me. Was that him turn your eyes upon Jesus? Look where? Look full into his. Do you remember the words? Wonderful. Wonderful face. Very good. And then what happens? And the things of this world will grow strangely dim. Right? The person, these hymn writers, they're very wonderful. They experienced this. They were very troubled. They used to look at themselves, they used to look at the situation. Then the moment they look to Christ, then they say, hey, the things of this world seems strangely dim. I cannot explain, but didn't seem, doesn't seem so troubling anymore. Doesn't seem so big anymore. Right? So this is how. The Lord says, now here, please remember, the, the people were very troubled. I don't know whether you experienced this kind of trouble in your heart. Um, are you worried that one day daddy and mommy leaves you, Jennifer? Or it would be a very, very frightening thought, right? So they are going through that. They are very, very sad. And here is the Lord Jesus designed to comfort the disciples. He's not scolding them. Right? He's not saying, don't be troubled. What's wrong with you, you silly people? He's not. Right? He's trying to comfort them very tenderly, very lovingly. He said, look at me. Think about me. Think about my promises, whatever it is. This will comfort you. So should a Christian get into depression? Why do people get into depression? Recently someone told me, Oh, I can't sleep, I can't eat. It's been three days that I haven't slept. The person is facing a problem. Right? And then I said, Do you read God's word? Not much. Do you think about God? No, all the time he's talking about the situation, the situation, the situation, the situation. He said, the problem is, we are looking at the situation. When you keep thinking of the problem, you know what's the best solution when you're troubled? What's the best solution when life is very sorrowful and sad? Christ say, come to me. Come to church. Come and study His Word. 
come and take FABC courses. As you take that, everything else seems not so important anymore. We blow up a lot of things in our hearts and eyes. Now, I want you to know um, what the psalmist says. Now, we know King David, right? His life was full of trouble. He was pursued. His life was um, a lot of trouble. He was pursued by his enemies, pursued by his own children. Can you imagine your own son want to kill you? And want to take your throne? How sad it is. How heartbreaking it must be. Alright? And then, what did he say? What did the psalmist say? Turn to Psalm 42. Now, this is the solution for depression. Psalm 42. If you have friends who are in depression, especially Christians, help them. Psalm 42, verse 5. Can we read Psalm 42, verse 5 together? Uh, you can share with um, uh, if Yep. Psalm 30, 42, verse 5. Now, let's read together. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God. For I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. And then he say again, verse 6, O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites from the hill of Mizar. Alright, so now here, the, now David went through very dark times. Did he fall into depression? He was cast down. Now being troubled to the point where you feel very cast down, very lonely, very um, sad, very troubled. It's not, it's not abnormal. Human beings feel that. We are human beings. But the psalmist say, the psalmist, so now when you're depressed, what do you do? You talk to yourself. <laughs> people say talk, people who talk to themselves are crazy people. But here the psalmist David talked to himself. Right? He say, why are you cast down? Oh my soul. So you talk to your own soul. Soul, soul. Right? Why are you so depressed? Soul, soul. Think about God. Hope thou in God. Here he talk about God, God's promises. How do you hope in God? Then he says, therefore, I will remember thee. Think about Christ. How will you remember him? Go to his word. Read about all his dealings with men. That is how. Now, this person say, oh, I need to go to doctor. I need to eat medication because when I went to see the doctor, the doctor diagnosed me and said, I'm in deep depression. I felt that it's not a good testimony. Right? You're a Christian, but you've, I can't handle life. Um, not a major problem, but oh, I can't handle it. it like, it's like the end of the world. It's because when we are not close to God and we don't know Him, we don't know His Word, we become like that. Right? So that is your solution. The more you know God's Word, the more you are able to handle life's problem. But I want to say also, are there genuine scientific cases of depression? Yes. Alright, some have genuine um, um, problems, psychological problems that require medication. Alright, that's different. Right? But by and large, most of us, I think, um, we, we don't think about God. That's why we end up like that. I've known of um, some Christians earlier on before they studied God's Word, before they took FEBC courses, before they studied God's Word intensely at fellowship. Or remember they say, yeah, I have to take depression pills as well. But now you ask, do you need? No. I never thought about it anymore. And life, is it easier now? No, actually tougher now. Why? Because of God's word. Right? Please, I hope you hold that principle in your heart. Um, so should, would, should Christians get to the point of wanting to commit suicide? No. We should not. Because if you want to commit suicide, it means what you are saying. God, you are useless. You cannot help me. I should die. Right? So we should not reach that stage. Now, if you are very troubled by something, also look for help. Look for church leaders that can give you good biblical counsel. Okay? So now that is the solution to depression. And here the, the Lord very lovingly talks to them. So now, I've talked to you. This is a background. What are they feeling? Deep sadness remember that huh? because now a lot of answers that christ give i'm going to ask you why did christ answer like that okay so now <laughs> but this question we have to answer um can someone give me a question sheet i'm not sure if my sheet is the same okay so now i ask one of you now look at verse two now the lord the Lord Jesus promised, right? He had a promise. In my Father's house are many mansions. 
Okay, so what do you think mentions are? Justin, mentions. In heaven, there are many mentions. Bishon, you understand? Say again. Big buildings, alright? So very often we hear mansion, big building. Who stays in a mansion? Wow, very rich people, big mansion. And many times we talk about mansion, we are thinking about very nice, big um, houses, right? Mansions. Now, um, so some people say that when Christians go to heaven, wow, we are going to stay in mansion. Are you staying in a mansion now, Dimei? No? Would you like to stay in a very nice, beautiful mansion? Right? Some people say that, wow, go to heaven, very nice, no mansions. Right? So, now what does a mansion mean? So many people have this concept. In heaven, let me see, you've got bigger mansions, smaller mansions. Maybe if you're very good, you stay in a bigger house, uh, with bigger gardens. Now, this is all of us thinking in an earthly way. This word mansion, I hope we clarify once and for all. This word mansion simply means dwelling places. Dwelling places. Living areas. Living places. Alright, a place to live in. That's what it means. It's different from what we use today. The word mentioned means glorious, big um, building. Alright, it simply means place to live in. That is what it means. Alright, so Christ said, I'm going away to prepare a place for you to live in. Okay, so if you have young nephew and nieces, teach them rightly. Otherwise, they start drawing heaven with big, beautiful buildings. Alright, so it's a place to live in. So he said, what, is, what the Lord is reminding them is that now your life on earth is short. You are very troubled. And you don't even know after you die what's going to happen. So the Lord wants them to know, I am going to prepare. I will go to heaven and prepare a place for you. Alright, a place for you. He's not inciting them to say, oh, look at your house. It's so lousy now. Come to heaven. I've got a nice house for you. He's not saying that. He's saying there is more than enough space for everyone. Alright? Be assured of your place in heaven. That is what the Lord is saying. So when you are troubled, what do you think about? Nice big houses. No. Think about that you will have a place in heaven. Do you know what's the best thing to, to realize is after you die in this world, you have a place in heaven. No matter how troubled, no matter how difficult, the moment you realize when you die, you're forever and ever in a sure place in heaven, in the presence of God. That must be all that matters. It's alright. I suffer now, it's alright. I don't have money now, it's alright. I get persecuted for being a Christian, it's alright. Because, something far better. Right? So maybe you go to camp. Actually, our camp is so nice. <laughs> okay, you go to some camp. And then, then you sleep in mosquito-infested place, very uncomfortable. Then the toilet, what is it? Toilet has no doors. Is it? <laughs> the door. Toilet has no doors. Oh, it's very dirty and, and everything. And the food is terrible. And then you say, oh, never mind. <laughs> when I go home, I'll sleep in a nice warm bed. And I say, it's okay, I'll just bear with it. And I say, don't be so troubled about all these things. Think of heaven. Because if we don't, uh, the, the things of life can become so blown out of proportion but God wants us to blow the reality up. We are our place, our assurance of eternal life. Okay? That's all that, that, that is um, what is most important. Now, next. So, I hope you understand that. Okay. So, then, now we begin. So, here is the Lord's promise. Uh, are you a true believer? Hmm? The Lord said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. But the question is, Really, do you have a place in heaven? How can you be sure that when the Lord, the Lord told them, for sure, how can this promise be sure for you? Are you very sure? You can only be sure if the Lord Jesus is really your God, your Savior. Please be sure. Please be very sure. The Lord gave this promise and He will never break it. It means that you can be sure. How to be sure? Jennifer, do you know how to go to heaven? Veronica, yes? Do you know how to go to heaven? How to go to heaven? Believe in who? Good. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you must admit that you are a what? A sinner. Alright? Are you a sinner? We all have committed sins, right? Now, you cannot go to heaven unless you come to Christ and say, Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me of my sins. 
And then what's the next thing? And then you repent and you tell the Lord, Lord, I want to turn away from my sins. Help me. I want to obey you. Have you done that? If you haven't done that, then this promise is not for you. Then you should be very worried. Right? So, I know many of you are from Christian homes. Don't assume that you are saved until you have truly told the Lord that you are a sinner. That you need Him to forgive you. And you sincerely want to turn to Him. If you don't feel anything, I don't care. Then you better pray the Lord, Lord, I'm not afraid. Lord, put fear in my heart that I may turn to you. Alright, so I hope that that is very clear in your heart. If you're not sure, come and talk to me after this. Now, then the next thing. So now it begins. So the disciples, so now the Lord said, don't worry, don't worry. But then, Thomas still worried. <laughs> right? Thomas still worried. Philip still worried. And they asked some questions. Now, Thomas saith unto the Lord, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? So the Lord said, I'm going, I'm going to prepare a place. And say, but Lord, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? So Thomas is still doubting Thomas. He's still wonder. It's not clear. Um, and then Jesus said unto him, let's read verse 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Alright, this is the... You remember the Lord has seven I am. Now he said, I am the way. So the seven I am's, right? So this is number what? Who can remember? Shenry, <laughs> the sixth one, alright, very good. This is the sixth one, alright? This is the sixth one. Now, all these seven IMs, what's the significance of the seven IMs? We'll answer afterwards. Okay, but now we, are, we shall revise the seven IM because it's very important. The seven IMs are very important. You must know them. The first IM is... Justin, do you remember? The first IM. See whether you can find a way to remember. The first I am is Emily. I am something to do with eating. That you eat every morning. Yeah. Say again. Oh, the bread. I'm the bread, right? I'm the bread of life. Okay, the first one. I am the bread of life. John chapter six. I am the bread of life. Okay, that's the first one. Come on, what's the second one? Now, after, so bread of life means what? Means Christ gives you, you Christ is food for you. Alright, it strengthens you, it nourishes you. Christ, His Word. Alright, so now Christ, Christ um, saves you, He gives you bread. Then after that, what does He do? What's the second one? Anyone remembers? I'm the light of the world. Alright, now He feeds you. And when He feeds you, He gives you light, right? You begin to understand. So we find a way to remember God, um, God feeds us and then God gives us light. We can understand. And then after that, I am the door. I am the door. Alright, I am the door. John chapter 10. I am the door. I am the light is John chapter 8. And then John chapter 10 has another one. I am the door. Uh, after the door is what? Quite straightforward, right? Very good. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd, not just the shepherd. I am the good shepherd. Alright, there were the bad shepherd. And then, the next one, after the good shepherd is, I am the? Very good. Resurrection and the life. Not just resurrection, I am the resurrection and the life. John chapter 11. Then John chapter 14, which is here. <laughs> the sixth one. I am the way, the truth and the life. Then the seventh one, when we come to the seventh one, I ask you again. <laughs> Alright, they're just in the next chapter, so it's uh, very soon. So any way to remember? Does anyone, oh, no one remembered, so there's no way. Now, I try to remember, first is what? Bread, very good. You eat bread to get energy, to get life, to get feeding. Alright, that's what Christ do to us. Alright, then after that, you can see the light. Right? Then you can understand, right? After you eat, then you can understand. Then after that, the door is you can go in and out of the, sh of the, of the sheepfold safely. Alright? So, after you eat, you got light. Now you can move about. Then use the door. And then after, when you're moving about, are you going to move about on your own? 
you depend on the good shepherd all right so after that is the good shepherd then what does the good shepherd um, give us the good shepherd gives us resurrection and the life where does he lead us to resurrection and the life okay because he's the good shepherd he lead us to life and then but is it true yes it's true he's the only way the only truth and the only life okay and then the last one so can you remember now you close your books we try because i really want you all to remember because when you're troubled all these things are important to you you think about who christ is i am the bread of life right must be bread of life after you eat then you can i'm the light of the world then you have light now you can door you can move out. i am the door all right but do you move alone in and out of the door no you follow the i am the good shepherd now what why is christ the good shepherd he protects and then he gives us the resurrection and the life okay so i hope it helps you roughly to remember now remember then what then for what so i'll ask you the same question verse 4 what is the significance of these claims what is what are the significance of these claims so why what why is the seven i am so important you don't remember in the old testament the old testament moses asked what is your name what is the what did the lord say i am that i am okay all right so may i ask jesseline jesseline why are these seven i am's important why do you think christ say i am i am i am why did christ keep saying i am when Moses asks, who are you? He can say, I am that I am. Very good, alright? These seven I am's is Christ's way of saying that I am God. I am God. None, no one can give you the bread of life. No one can give you life. No one can give you resurrection. No one is the good shepherd. They lead you astray. I lead you to truth. Alright, so all this. So all these I am statements are to tell men that no human being can fulfill this. Um, let's read. Read, can you say, I am the light of the world. Dare you say that? None of us dares, you dare to go to your friends. I know everything in this world and I am the truth. Anyone dare say it? We, don't, we won't say that because we know we are human. For a person to claim that, he's basically making the claim that I am God. Right? If your friends say, I know everything. I am the only way to heaven. What would you say? You think, who do you think are? God ah? Right? So only God will make such a statement. Right? So that's the whole point. Now, but I want to ask you, what is I am the way? Alright, so I ask you then. Did I ask you? No, did I print out the wrong one? Alright, we jump to question six first. On, um, no, we stay here, we stay here. Alright, we stay here. Number five, question five. Now, what is the implication of the greek definite article the notice the lord did not say i am the way truth and life right um vincent what did the lord say i am the way. comma truth. say again uh-huh uh-huh and the life not light the life. life right now every time the lord mentioned one thing he added the word the right the Right? Do you normally say like speak like that? Normally say, I am the girl playing football. You don't say, I'm the girl, the person who's playing, the right? When the person keeps adding the, especially in the in Greek language, actually they seldom use this this word the is seldom included. Alright? When they add a separate the to it, it is significant. Straight away they know, oh, this means something. This the would point to uniqueness. Uniqueness, alright? Uniqueness. You know what's uniqueness? Means is the only truth. The only. None other. Everything else is not it. He is unique. He is the one. Alright? The genuine one. Okay, that is the emphasis. Alright, that is the emphasis. Now, at this point, I want to show you something. What did Christ say? I am? Alright, no. Question number six first, before I watch, show you the video. Question number six. What is the meaning of the way? What is the meaning of the way? What is the question that, that Thomas asked? Lord, where are you going? How do I know the way? Right? 
Right? So what is the way? Christ is saying, I'm going to somewhere. The way to heaven. Right? So Christ says, I'm the way. Means there is no other, understand the, I'm, there's no other way to heaven, to the Father. That's why you look. Um, can you see the emphasis? No man cometh unto the Father. Can you see the emphasis again? No man. It is not possible unless you're not a human being. <laughs> no human being, no human being comes to the Father. And then as if not enough, comma, what? But by me. You know how many times the Lord emphasized, I'm the way to heaven? No man, but. So does it get any clearer? It cannot get any clearer, right? That he is the only way to heaven. And he made it very, very explicitly clear, right? And then what? So the way is about the way to heaven. I'm the way, the truth. What is the truth? The truth regarding means truth. He is truth. The only truth. Any, anything um, before and after that is false is not, has nothing to do with him. He's always truth. All right? So everything that he says is truth. In other words, he said, everything that I tell you is the truth. Understand that or not? If I say I'm the only way, then I'm telling you what? That is the truth. <coughs> Can you understand that? I'm saying this very, very for emphasis uh, because you're going to watch two videos afterwards of very famous men all right, that deny this verse. And they're so famous, their books are everywhere. All right? Christ said, I am the way, only way to heaven. And I'm telling you I am the truth means I'm telling you the truth. I don't hide anything from you. When, when is a person not truthful? I hide something from you, right? I don't tell you everything. Huh? So the Lord said, I didn't hide anything from you. I'm telling you the truth. I am truth in itself. And then I'm the life. What kind of life? Enjoyable life. No, the eternal life. Alright? The abundant life. The spiritual life. Now Christ said, I'm all this. Christ make it explicitly clear. No man. Now, after he said, I am the only way to heaven and I'm telling you the truth, and I'm the, only, and I'm the only one that can give life, then he emphasized, no man, means whether you're Buddhist, Muslim, whatever, no man can come to the Father except through me, but, but, but again, means I am emphasizing again. Alright? So now I'll show you a video. Now, why do I want to show you this? Because we live in an age where Christians do not believe or do not dare to believe or do not want to believe. Um, let me plug this in. I hope it works. Hmm. That's not my laptop. Oh, here. All know my password. <laughs> it's a whole string of stars. Okay. All right. Now I'm going to show. You. Do you know who is um, Billy? Uh, do you know who is? All right. Let's start with um, this person first. Okay. Now this is a Q&A session. Now this person, uh, Tim Keller, is very famous. He writes a lot of Christian books. He's very popular. Um, you see his books everywhere, um, people highly respect him. And then he's asked by this man during an interview, alright, so pretend you're Tim Keller, alright, and say, so what about the Muslims, what about the Buddhists, what about the Hindus, alright, when they die, what's going to happen to them? What did Jesus say? I'm the way, the truth, and I'm telling you the truth, and the life. Is, is Jesus hiding anything else from us? That is the only way, I'm telling you already, it's the only, not only that, I say, but by me again, right? Okay, now, now hear what he answers. Um, 1635 is the question. Um, uh, 50, all right, Ray, can you, Shen Ray, can you run on 1635? 1508 is the question. Now, I'll show you the question. 1508. Welcome to the Veritas Forum. Engaging university <laughs> students and faculty in discussion. You wouldn't have the view you are espousing right now if you were. 
Okay, he's going to ask this question in 15... He never really got to it. But if he is who he says he... Christians, I... I won't have any questions about it. Okay, but if this is the only way to God, and if Christians are heading for a place called heaven, does that mean, therefore, by deduction, that millions of Muslims, Sikhs, Hindus, Jews, all of whom hold their faith with enormous integrity, all of them are heading for hell. There's a lot of people who were born in Indianapolis, Indiana, and they grew up in First Baptist Church there. Oh, no. They say a lot of things, but he tried to he tried to avoid the question, but you finally don't uh, have a choice. Read Evers, as you the number. Every human, therefore, say again. That's not good. Or murder. Quoted by G. This is testimony. Okay, so you finally have to answer because you can't skirt around anymore. 1635, is it? Turn toward the grace of God. People in other religions, unless they find Christ, I don't know any other way, but I also get information on a need-to-know basis. So there's some, there's some trapdoor or something like that I haven't been told about it. So you say this, I... Okay, what? People in other religions, unless they find Christ, I don't know any other way, but I also get information on a need-to-know basis. So there's some, there's some trapdoor or something like that I haven't been told about it. So you say this. Now, what, he did, what did he just call Christ? Christ said, I'm the way, and I'm telling you the truth. And I'm the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Alright? So now, what is he, what is he, he just denied? What did he just say, Christ? Christ is a liar. He denied his... his he's saying this. I, and he keeps using this phrase later on also. I am a minister. I only get information on a need-to-know basis. You know, it's need to know babies. Oh, you don't use this term, huh? Um, you know, sometimes very high, high-ranking officers, they say, ah, yeah, your pay grade very low. You, you are just a very low worker. I just give you enough information. The rest you don't ask, you don't know. You don't need to know, and I don't need to tell you. That's why the, always people, when, when in trouble, say, ah, yeah, I only got information I need to know basis. means I only know some things. Ah. All right? So you say, I, as a minister, I only get information on a need-to-know basis. Means he say, God say, um, Tim, you only need to know this, alright? You only need to know this. But what did Christ say? I'm the way. Did he say, I'm way? One of the ways. A way. But Christ say, no other. The uniqueness. The. Right? And he say, maybe Christ didn't tell me all everything. Lah. Maybe there is a, you know, it's a trap door. You go to, you go to Universal Studio. I'm going to go into this crazy ride. Then you're very frightened. Then halfway through, you say, can I go out by the trap door? The exit. Last minute, you're frightened. You get, there's a back door out. Means you say, maybe there's a back door somewhere. Means people can actually go to heaven through a back door, which Christ did not tell me about. He only told me what I need to know. Understand that? That's what he's saying. Alright, so, is this verse clear enough? It's very, very clear. There's no other way. Now, do you know why? Do you know what is this kind of theology? And do you know what it will lead to? Billy Graham, when he first started, he was a fundamentalist. You heard of Billy Graham? Billy Graham. Now, Billy Graham, very famous Christian. Now, he's world famous. Is he dead? Not still alive. Okay, so Billy Graham basically was a fundamentalist from Bob Jones University and he said very clearly, there's no other way to heaven and he preached very fiery messages. Then he became very famous. Then towards his later part of his life, now this kind of theology will lead to Billy Graham's thinking in the end. So I'll show you another video. So do you, know, you understand what you're saying? I need to know only. And you can say that only, I want to emphasize, I only know what Christ needs me to know. Maybe there's a back door. I don't know. Christ didn't tell me. There's no back door. You don't believe in Christ, what's going to happen? The only back door leads you to where? Oh, hang on, hang on. Four twenty. Okay, that that part quite embarrassing, man. Right? 
So this Bob Schiller, he's also a very famous Christian. Right? He asked the interview Billy Graham on TV, what do you think is the future of Christianity? A bit loud. Huh? Wow, maximum. <laughs> well, Christianity and being a true believer, you know, I think there's the, the, the body of Christ which comes from all the Christian groups around the world. Or outside the Christian groups. I think everybody that, that loves Christ or knows Christ, whether they're conscious of it or not, they're members of the body of Christ. And I don't think that we're going to see a great sweeping uh, revival that will... Can you love Christ without being conscious of it? <laughs> Means he's saying, uh, eventually he's saying, as long as you believe in that God, that's, that's all it is. Now, that's why I'm saying this kind of theology will lead you eventually to be like that when you grow older. ...for Christ at any time. I think James answered that, Apostle James, in the first council in Jerusalem, when he said that God's purpose for this age is to call out a people for his name. And that's what God is doing today. He's calling people for, out of the, the world for his name, whether they come from the Muslim world or the Buddhist world or the Christian world or the non believing world, uh, they are members of the body of Christ because they've been called by God. They may not even know the name of Jesus, but uh, they know in their heart that they need something that they don't have, and they turn to the only light that they have, and I think that they are saved and that they're going to be with us in heaven. This is fantastic. I hear you say that. There's a wideness in God's mercy. There is a wideness in God's mercy. So God's mercy is so wide that whether you believe in Him, as long as you believe that there is a God in your heart, and whatever light you have means if you are in the temple, huh, that's the only light I have, then I am also going to heaven. Means as long as you believe that there is some God, you will go to heaven. Right? Now, is this a terrible doctrine? Why? Why is it a terrible doctrine? Are we making fun of them? Why did Christ say this? The disciples were very, very worried. And then Christ told them, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Now, why is this a terrible doctrine? Veronica, Jennifer, why do you think it is bad to tell people, you don't believe in Jesus, as long as you believe in something in your heart, you will go to heaven. Why is it a terrible thing to tell people? Jesus says he's the way. And what happens if people think there's other way? They can't. And then what will happen to them when they die? Because we told them that there's some other way. Right? Tim Keller said maybe there's a back door. Yeah, maybe the back door is somewhere in Buddhism and what ah, as long as they believe some God and then and eventually it led Billy Graham to believe that all going to heaven as long as you believe in a God, you're going to heaven. Now this is very dangerous and this is actually a major part of Christianity today. In fact, this is of all the I am's, this I am is the most hated by people and the one that people would, even Christians themselves, don't like to talk about it. You know why? It is claiming what? Ex exclusivity. We are claiming exclusivity. You know it's claiming exclusivity? Means we are the only true religion. Right? Christ said, I, I am Jesus Christ, your Christian God. I'm the only way, the only life. The only truth and the only life. We have only life through Jesus, and Jesus has the only Jesus has the only truth. You like people? You like to say that to people? People say, "Whoa, you think what? Your religion is so great, so exclusive, All right? So now it's because of fear of that people end up like that. But it is wicked because people will really end up in hell. So now, we why I want to show you that video is to help you to know. What I've been telling you is not something that I make up. It is out there, said by famous, well-known Christians. Alright, so that is what Christianity has come to. Okay, so who have watched this video before? 
Right. Some of you have seen this before. In fact, someone posted, some time ago, someone posted it on our church website. I think we told the person to remove it, and the person said, Wow, this is such a great interview. VPCW, oh, you got to watch it, and all that, you know. So we did watch it and quickly told them, please break it down. You know, it's, it's, it's untrue. Now, what is the danger about Tim Keller? When you watch the video, he say a lot of very scriptural things. Understand that? This is very dangerous. That's why if you do not know God's word, you listen, listen, listen. You take everything. Oh yeah, maybe there's a back door without realizing. So I always say the most dangerous kind of poison is what kind of poison? Uh, Mabel, maybe. Which kind of poison is the most dangerous poison? 1% poison means you have a drink. Which kind of poison? Cup A has 1% poison, 99% fruit juice. Cup B has 50% poison, 50% poison. Jesslyn, which is the most dangerous? 50% poison. <laughs> huh? 50% poison and 50% poison. 50% <laughs> poison and 50% juice. Which one's more dangerous? Why? The 1%. Yes, you won't notice. You're taking it in, slowly. 50% what happened, you taste, you spit it out. Oh, this, this is this bitterness in here. It's, it's not juice, you know. Right? So these are very dangerous. Understand that? That's why you must study God's word and you must know the truth. Are we making fun of people here? No. We're making sure people know where Christianity has hated. And we have to make sure we safeguard the truth so that men can truly be saved. Okay, so next thing we talk about is this. Um, now, this is the complex part. And I, because I do want to end a bit earlier tonight because um, there's something to be done, I think I want to... Alright, I think I need to leave the rest for next week, uh, next time I'm here. But I will give you that question because I want you to go back and think about it. But we answer some other questions first, alright? So now, now he, he talk about, the Lord says, um, verse 7, 14 verse 7, If ye had known me, you should have known my Father also, and from henceforth ye know him and have seen of him. What does Christ mean? If you have known me, you should have known my Father also. What does it mean? Shane, what do you think Jesus, the Lord Jesus is saying? Right? Philip, uh, Thomas say, you know, show us the way, show us the way. We don't know the way. Then he says, if you have known me, you should have known my father. Uh, he said, if you know me, you know my father. Jesus is God. Why? Trinity, alright, but what exactly is he saying? If you have known me, you have known my, the Father. Celine, want to try? No? Something like, you know, um, how to say this? If you know something, then you know the other thing. Means the two things are what? The same. Very good, Celine. It's the same. If you know me, you know the Father, because we're the same. You know it's photocopy? Same copy. He's saying, we are the same. Now, they, they kept wondering, now, Lord Jesus, you know, what is the Father like? Later, they're going to ask, show us the Father. They say, but you see me, you see the Father, I've been telling you I'm God, right? If you see me and know me and get to know me, who I am, is the same as knowing God the Father, because we are both of the same essence, same attributes. Understand that? So all that we say, um, God is a da-da-da-da-da-da, everything that is applied to Jesus, applied to the Father, applied to the Holy Spirit. The same. The same. Okay? Emily, can I say, if I've known you, I know your Father? Probably not. <laughs> They're not the same. Alright? But they are one and the same. That's what the Lord is saying. Again, you're right, Shane. He's reaffirming to them, I am God. Right? That's why you see the way John writes, he's always bringing up the deity of Christ. Right? He's affirming again, I am God. I am God. Um, but I do want to ask you this question. So now Philip, all right, Philip asks, right? Now Philip says this. So, okay, 
Look at me. Look at me. Thomas said, Lord, how to go to heaven? Then he says, if you know me, you know the Father. And then what did Philip ask next? Lord, show us the Father. <laughs> right? Lord, show us the Father. If we show us the Father, it suffices us. It suffices us means enough, enough. We won't ask further. Right? Lord, show us the Father. He just said, so how did the Lord answer him? Verse 9. Have I not been so long with you, and yet thou hast not known me, Philip? He's not scolding him, right? He's very patient. And that have not, and hath seen me, hath seen the Father, and how seest thou? Then show us the Father. Now, he said, Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? And these words I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but of the Father that dwelleth in me. So, and then, so verse 9, 10, 11, he basically said the same thing as what he said to Philip. He said, I am in the Father, the Father in me, we are the one. You see me, you see him. We are both in the, in the same attributes, okay? We are the same. So he emphasized that. Um, but now it gets complex, right? I spent actually a fair bit of time praying, trying to understand this. I want you to think also. Now, so it's quite natural, right? Where are we going? I'm going to the Father. Show us the Father. Well, if you know me, you know the Father. Quite standard answer, right? But now it gets complicated, at least to me, maybe not to you. But now, now after the Lord answered that I am, I am the Father, I and the Father are one the same. But now he says this, he says this huh, in verse, verse 11, no, verse 10. Then he says, believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Believe me for the very work's sake. Now, so question number one for you to go back and think is, believe me for, thy, for the work's sake. Is Jesus teaching power evangelism? You know what's power evangelism? Power evangelism means belief, if you don't, if you find it difficult to believe in God, then believe in His, then if miracles, you can believe in Him, right? Alright, sorry. So, is Jesus saying that? So my first question to you is, is the Lord Jesus teaching power evangelism? That's your question number nine. Is the Lord Jesus teaching power evangelism? Because if he is, then this debunks everything that we have been teaching you from chapter 1 to chapter 13. All the while we say, miracles, people still don't believe, right? So is the Lord saying, if you don't believe me, at least believe the miracles are, right? Then you will believe in me. So number one. Now, then it gets more complex. Look at um, verse... So, okay, look at me. Eh? You just ask me, who am I? Alright? Then after that, I say, I am this, 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 this. Alright? And then I add these things. And then you try and figure out what, what I'm saying. So now the Lord goes to add these things. Now, verse, verse 13. Now, suddenly the Lord says, uh, in verse 12, He says, uh, sorry, um, in verse 11, he says, Believe me for my work's sake. Still not so complicated yet. Verse 12, Very, really, very, very, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, he, also, he shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Now, instead of answering who I am, he starts saying, You will do great works. Hmm? So what, how is it related? I just ask, Who is the Father? Then you start telling me, You will do great works. And then, Verse 13, our most favorite verse. Suddenly he says, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Then he emphasized again, verse 14, If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Alright, so first thing, he said, You will do great powerful works. And the question is, Show us the Father. Huh? Then after that, he gets, he gets more. He says, That whatever you pray for, I will answer you. <laughs> then, gets more complicated. Verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. Then, so he says three things. Does it seem very unrelated to you? There's a very significant meaning. First he say, you will do great works. Second he say, what do you say? Second he says, um, whatever you ask, I will answer. Third, he say, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, all these are very popular verses, right? We keep quoting them. Do you know the context? Why the Lord is saying that? So, Emily, I, um, I ask you. 
Amberly. Oh, I asked Jesslyn. I said, I picked you up the whole night. I asked Jesslyn. Jesslyn, who are you? Oh, no, I said, Jesslyn, can you describe your father to me? Then Jesslyn started to tell me. At first, she said, well, my father is my father. Well, I can accept that answer. Then after that, the next statement, she said, um, uh, Reverend Joseph, you will do great works. Hmm? I just asked you, who's your father? Then say, ah, the next thing also I want you to I want you to know that whatever you pray, um, God will answer. Uh, I just ask you who your father is. Then the third one say, now if you love God, you will do his commandments. <laughs> what is it about? And to complicate it is, he say, if you don't believe me, then at least believe my miracles. Is, is the Lord saying we should go out and do miracles so that people will believe in him? Alright? So go back and think about these things. Alright, I hope you will find the answer because these verses we quote all the time. What does it mean? There is a spiritual lesson to be learned. Alright, but tonight, for tonight at least, I want us to remember a few things. Number one, what do we study about? Verse 1 to 4 is about depression. Christian facing troubles. Christian being depressed. Alright, what should we focus on? Focus on Christ. Focus on God in His Word. Understand that? The more you know God, the better you are able to handle the troubles of life. Don't wait until you have trouble, then look for God. Know God. Emily, do you know God very well? Not enough, right? Still must know more. Right? So we must know more and more. Alright? So now. So that's the first one we learn. Turn to who? Turn to Christ, not the problems around you. Focus on Him. That's the first thing we learn. And then the next thing we learned was. Um, Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. Do not doubt or think otherwise. It means that if you have not received Christ as the way, the truth, and the life, and you think maybe somehow, somehow you get to heaven, you must awaken and know that Christ is said there's no other way. Right? Jennifer, will you one day believe in any other God? No, because why? Christ say, I am the way, the no other truth, right? The truth and the only Christ can give us eternal life, right? So we must never change that. All those many Christians have changed that already. Okay, and then the last one is, is what we're going to learn the next time. And that is one of the most important lessons because before the Lord leave, He wants the disciples to know something. I give you some clues. Actually, I give you a clue there. I give you the clue there. Question number seven. Actually, we can answer question number seven. What did Philip ask Jesus? And then the Lord Jesus answered about what? The Lord Jesus answered about 12, 13, and 14. Then you go back and answer. 12, 13, and 14. The Lord Jesus answered about power. Right? Power. Power to do things, right? And then the Lord Jesus answered about what else? Verse 15. About doing His commandments about doing His commandments, loving Him. Why did the Lord answer this way? What is the lesson for us? I give you the clue. The clue is in verse 5, verse 8, and verse 21. 5 and 8 is what are they asking? 5 and 8 is what are they asking and why they are asking it? Put, your, put yourself in their shoes. Alright? Verse, then verse 21 is the other clue, the biggest clue. Alright, so why did the Lord answer this way? And then what is the lesson for us? So this is a very good homework. I hope you all go back, read it, and think about it. And then we derive a very important lesson for ourselves. It has to do with depression, sadness, <coughs> needing comfort, and all this. Now, some people are very needy. Okay? So I have to do all that. Okay, let us... Any, any questions about tonight? No? If you're troubled, please learn to look to the Lord. If you're not, please get to know God well now, because one day you will need to um, handle these things. Okay, let us pray.